Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix all wrapped up, the 2023 Formula One season is now officially over. And you know how the saying goes don't cry because it's over, smile because it's over, and because every driver and team will be starting off at level pegging when the new season begins in three short months. Stay right there, because I'm going to discuss the 2023 season finale Abu Dhabi Grand Prix before breaking down the final World Drivers and Constructors Championship standings for the 2023 F1 season. Jeba! First and foremost, the biggest and most interesting storyline that came out of the 2023 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix has to be that incredibly confusing battle that went down for second place in the World Constructors Championship that I'm going to attempt to explain. Wish me luck. Ferrari entered the final race of the 2023 Formula One season in Abu Dhabi four championship points behind Mercedes in the battle for second place in the World Constructors Championship. And you may be wondering, who cares about second place? Well, the team that finishes in second place earns an estimated $10 million more in prize money than the team that finishes in third place for Ferrari and Mercedes definitely cared. Fortunately for Ferrari, Abu Dhabi's Yas Marina circuit is better suited to their car than the Mercedes car because of its numerous straights, which the Ferrari car excels on. So despite Ferrari's deficit, we went into this race with second place and thus that extra $10 million entirely up for grabs. Second place in the Constructors' Championship kept shifting back and forth, back and forth between Mercedes and Ferrari during the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix in what was an absolutely intense battle that was very fun to watch, and you won't believe how this battle ended. Unless you already know, then you will. Because Sainz's car was broken and former race leader Yuki Tsunoda would not let Lewis Hamilton buy like an absolute boss, the battle ended up coming down entirely to Ferrari's Charles Leclerc versus Mercedes's George Russell, with Leclerc needing to maintain his P2 position and have Russell finish P4 or lower in order for Ferrari to secure second place in the constructors. With four laps remaining in the race, things looked good for Leclerc as he was in P2 and Russell was P4, but there was one huge problem. Checo Perez was the driver in P3, and he had a five-second penalty for a collision with Lando Norris that he was yet to serve. This meant that rather than just needing Checo to finish the race ahead of Russell, Leclerc needed Checo to finish the race five seconds ahead of Russell in order for Checo to actually finish the race ahead of Russell after the penalty time was applied. Realizing that this would only be possible if Checo passed him, Leclerc intentionally let Checo by in hopes that Checo would build up a gap that put five seconds between Checo and Russell, but less than five seconds between Checo and Leclerc so that Checo would finish the race P3 between Leclerc and P2 and Russell and P4 and thus gift Ferrari that second place World Constructors Championship finish. However, while Checo did finish the race less than five seconds ahead of Leclerc, he did not finish the race more than five seconds ahead of Russell. Why? Because Charles Leclerc apparently has good sportsmanship and integrity and decided to not intentionally back Russell up to artificially increase his gap to Checo. Holy crap, that was confusing to explain. I feel like I just fried my brain even more than I already did when I used a metal knife to get a Pop-Tart out of the toaster when I was alive, which I know explains a lot. Anyways, the real question with all of this 
is do you think Charlotte Claire did the right thing by not intentionally backing up George Russell to five plus seconds behind Checo? Or do you think Leclerc should have backed Russell up and thus handed Ferrari P2 and the constructors and 10 million extra dollars? Let me know in the comments. Go comment right now. I command you. For what it's worth, Toto Wolf very much thinks Leclerc did the right thing by not backing Russell up, not like he's biased or anything. Oh yeah, and not only did Ferrari not get second place in the Constructors' Championship after Abu Dhabi, they did get second place in what's called the World Destructors' Championship after Abu Dhabi. The World Destructors' Championship is a meme award given by Redditor Bass Pro 24 Chevy, great name, to the teams who have to spend the most money on car repairs over the course of the season. Carlos Sainz came in there in Abu Dhabi, made him finish second. Not ideal. Some other interesting storylines from the overall not super interesting Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Major shout out to AlphaTauri driver Yuki Tsunoda for having an incredible Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and earning Driver of the Day honors. AlphaTauri needed to outscore Williams by eight points in Abu Dhabi to snatch P7 in the World Constructors Championship from them, which was a very tall task considering that would be 38% of the total amount of points AlphaTauri have scored all season. Clearly, Nobody told Yuki Tsunoda how tall of a task that was, though, because all weekend long, he looked like he might somehow pull off that miracle. Yuki qualified an unreal P6, his best ever qualifying result, and went for the aggressive one-stop strategy during the race that required him to manage his tires masterfully on this high-deg circuit and culminated in him leading the Grand Prix at the end of his first tire stint, making him just the second Japanese driver ever to lead a Formula One Grand Prix. At the end of the race, it became clear that the one-stop strategy was simply never going to get AlphaTauri the P6 result they needed to pass Williams, but you can't fault AlphaTauri for taking the gamble when they needed a big result. Yuki finished the race an insanely respectable P8 after masterfully defending against seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton in the final lap to earn well-deserved Driver of the Day honors. Good job, Yuki. This was the perfect drive to cap off an impressive year for Yuki Tsunoda, who is still only getting better as a driver. As he's in the Red Bull system, it's going to be very interesting to see if Red Bull are interested in promoting Yuki to the Red Bull team once Checo's contract is over after next season, or I don't know, this is Red Bull. Maybe they'll do it after two races into next season. Who knows? Red Bull going to Red Bull. Speaking of Checo, going back to that Checo penalty that completely changed the course of the battle for P2 in the Constructors' Championship, I think a five-second penalty was harsh there as it ended up taking a podium away from Checo, which is rude. Checo's definitely more at fault, don't get me wrong, because he did have some understeer that led to the collision, but Lando could have given Checo more space, and most importantly, Lando kept his position after the incident with no damage, so there was a whole no harm, no foul thing going on. This one should have just been a racing incident because of that. Nobody ended up worse off, except for when a penalty was applied, and Checo lost out on the podium, and Ferrari lost out on P2 in the Constructors' Championship and $10 million. So that penalty was a bit harsh, not just for Checo, but also for Ferrari. Next up, with the 2023 Formula One season now officially over, here are the final World Drivers' Championship standings. Of course, Max Verstappen finished P1 and won his third World Drivers' Championship in a row in commanding fashion. Just how dominant was Max's 2023 F1 season? Max Verstappen just had what is undeniably the most dominant Formula One season of all time, and here's why. First, Max Verstappen just set the record for most wins in a season with 19 victories and, more impressively, Highest percentage of wins in a season with an absurd 86.36% win rate across 22 Grand Prix. Remarkably, Max broke the win percentage record by recording over three times as many total wins 
as the driver who previously held the record that is wild. Max also set the record for most consecutive wins by winning an unreal 10 races in a row this season. And oh yeah, in the same season, he also had an additional seven race win streak, which is tied for the third most consecutive wins all time. Yes, you heard that right. Max somehow recorded the longest and third longest win streaks in Formula One history in the same season. That is wild. He also set the records for most wins from pole position, as well as all of these records. Most podium finishes in a season, most championship points in a season, most laps led in a season, and highest percentage of laps led in a season, most points between first and second in the World Drivers' Championship, and most points between teammates in the World Drivers' Championship. Max's driver number is one because he's the current world champion, and I assume Checo's driver number is one one because he would need to double his own point total to be near Max's. And all of that is not even every record that Max broke during the insane season that he just had. We have all just witnessed the most dominant season in F1 history, and while that one-sidedness didn't always make for the most excitement for fans, Max's achievements this season command our respect. I respect you, Max. I am J-Bone, and I respect you. P2 went to Checo Perez, who had a very up-then-down year, but still managed to secure Red Bull their first ever 1-2 finish in the World Drivers' Championship. Remember when Checo won half of the season's first four races and we all thought he was a title contender? Pepperidge Farm remembers. P3 went to Lewis Hamilton, who won't be happy about having his second year in a row outside P2 in the season-end driver standings after being in the top two the previous eight years in a row. But hey, at least Lewis Hamilton beat George Russell in equal machinery, unlike last season. P4 was barely held onto by Fernando Alonso, who beat out Charles Leclerc on a tiebreaker to hold onto a well-deserved top four finish in the Drivers' Championship after the unbelievable start to the season that he had. I'm still not over Aston Martin not putting the intermediates on Alonso during that pit stop in Monaco once the rain started. He could have won, okay? He could have won. Nobody can convince him otherwise. That was Fernando's victory this year. I'm just going to give it to him. Why not? Max has enough. Alonso won Monaco. Yeah. P5, of course, then went to Charles Leclerc, who could have clinched P4 in the Drivers' Championship and P2 in the Constructors' Championship in Abu Dhabi, and of course, clinched neither of those in true Charles Leclerc fashion. I need Charles Leclerc to have a not-depressing season next year, okay? It's just getting sad at this point. I feel bad for him. Even though he's a millionaire and really attractive, I still feel bad. P6 went to Lando Norris, who I can guarantee would have taken P6 in a heartbeat if you'd offered it to him at the beginning of the season when he only had three points finishes through the season's first eight races. P7 went to Carlos Sainz, who will not remember this season for being P7, but will remember it because he won the Singapore Grand Prix and finished the season as the only non-Red Bull driver to win a race. P8 went to George Russell, who had a pretty bad year by his own standards after beating his teammate Lewis Hamilton handily last season on his way to finishing the 2022 season, P4. P4 to P8, not great. It rhymes. P9 went to Oscar Piastri, who finished the season as F1's Rookie of the Year by the slim margin of 95 points over Liam Lawson, who didn't even start the season as a rookie and also who only raced in five races. And he still beat Logan Sargent and Nick DeVries. What a debut season for Oscar. Two podiums and a sprint win is pretty remarkable for a rookie, and I cannot wait to see what Oscar does in his career. P10 went to the man, the myth, the legend, Lance Troll. Lance Stroll, sorry. Who got absolutely obliterated by his teammate Fernando Alonso, but was putting in some decent results at the end of the season at least. Gotta give him that. Gotta give him that. And after P10, nobody really cares. Certainly not the drivers. Shout out to my amazing longtime sponsor, Indeed, which is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. 
one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed is a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Something I love about Indeed and the reason that I use it to hire is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. Indeed is truly an unbelievably powerful hiring platform and that is why it's the number one source of hires in the US according to Talent Nest. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash fbone. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash fbone. Just go right there, indeed.com slash fbone, and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Go there, indeed.com slash fbone. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Additionally, here's how the Formula One World Constructors Championship standings ended up after this wild 2023 season. Of course, Red Bull finished in first place, scoring more points than second place and third place combined in what was an utterly dominant season from them that we all can commend and say, oh, good job, but we also all can hope that it does not happen again next year. Even if you're a Red Bull fan, surely you want some real competition, okay? Come on. P2 went to Mercedes, who managed to hold off Ferrari in P3 in Abu Dhabi, mostly thanks to the stewards giving that controversial penalty to Checo but also due to Charles Leclerc having too much sportsmanship. P4 went to McLaren, who are undeniably the team of the season, considering they were in P6 eight races into the season, and somehow managed to find enough performance through the remaining 14 races to jump up two spots and leapfrog Aston Martin, who had an insane 134-point lead on them through those first eight races. P5 went to Aston Martin, who had a very hot start to the season and looked like a lock to finish P2 until their development stopped developing. Here's a funny F1 fact. Aston Martin's Lance Stroll scored 74 championship points in 2023 and thus finished in 10th place in the World Drivers' Championship, while his teammate Fernando Alonso scored an impressive 206 points and thus finished in 4th place. That's a pretty big gap between drivers. So big, in fact, that if Lance Stroll had matched his teammate Fernando Alonso in points this season, Aston Martin would have scored 412 points in the World Constructors' Championship instead of 280 points, which would have taken them from fifth place all the way up to second place. Now, here's where things get funny. In case you aren't aware, Lance Stroll's dad, Lawrence Stroll, owns Aston Martin, and because each spot you move up in the World Constructors' Championship means an additional 10 million-ish dollars in prize money, you can make the case that Lance Stroll's inability to match his teammate in points this season led to his dad, Lawrence, missing out on around 30 million extra dollars. That is a lot of money, maybe not to a billionaire like Lance's dad, but it sure is to the rest of us. P6 went to Alpine, who were the only team besides Red Bull whose performance in Abu Dhabi could not affect their season-end Constructors' Championship standing, which is good for them considering they both finished out of the points. <laughs> P7 went to Williams, who managed to hold off AlphaTauri to complete a mega-impressive comeback season considering they finished the previous season in last place by a pretty big margin. In James Vowles and Alex Albon, we trust. And in Logan Sargent, we must, as in Williams, must bring him back or we riot. USA, 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 Logan! P8 went to Alpha Tauri, who had a bizarre year that somehow included them using four different drivers, but who were at least able to find more and more pace as the season progressed. P9 went to Alfa Romeo and P10 went to Haas, both of whom were, sadly, entirely irrelevant all season long due to non-existent race pace. Shout out to Nico Holgenberg, though, who was a qualifying king all season long. Looks like, yet again, my Haas delusion syndrome has to wait until next season to be validated, and because I have Haas delusion syndrome, 
I am 100% sure that it will be validated next season. Haas 2024 World Champions confirmed. Haas! For the final time this year, here's how my three bona fide race predictions fared at the 2023 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. My first race prediction was that McLaren would not finish on the podium in Abu Dhabi, and ding ding, J-Bone got that one right. J-Bone! Thank you! I knew that this circuit just did not suit the McLaren car, and I also knew that McLaren were going to mess up that one pit stop and let George Russell leapfrog Lando Norris in the pit lane. Am I psychic? That's for me to know, and you to find out. The answer is yes, I am. My second race prediction was that Ferrari would outscore Mercedes by at least five points to secure second place in the World Constructors' Championship, Unfortunately, due to McLaren having an uncharacteristically bad pit stop to let George Russell pass Lando Norris in the pit lane, and then some characteristic stuff happening, namely Checo Perez, Checo Perezing, and Ferrari Ferrariing, Ferrari very narrowly missed out on P2 in the World Constructors Championship to Mercedes. Ferrari were then so depressed afterwards that they wouldn't even let Charles Leclerc do donuts after the race. What a bunch of jerks. No! Let the man do donuts, okay? He's sad. He's sad and he wants donuts. Like me. And my third race prediction was that Max Verstappen would win the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And ding, ding, J-Bone also got that one right. J-Bone, J-Bone. Just imagine, if I was someone with less principle and integrity, I could have been predicting Max victories all season long and gotten like a zillion more predictions right. However, like Charles Leclerc, I hold myself to a high standard of sportsmanship and integrity. And I'm willing to be wrong more by not usually picking Max victories. Because it's the right thing to do. But yeah, I did predict that for this race, and it was right, so J-Bone! It's a real shame that the universe conspired against me and Charles Leclerc to make it so Ferrari barely lost out on P2, and thus make it so I did not finish the season by going three for three with my bona fide race predictions. But hey, there's always next year, right? And guess what? Next season, I'm gonna go three for three with all of my race predictions, okay? Believe it, I do. J-Bone! You also may remember that I predicted the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix's top five finishers, and my predictions were as follows. P5, Lewis Hamilton. P4, Carlos Sainz. P3, Checo Perez. P2, Charles Leclerc. P1, Max Verstappen. And my 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 ended up 9, 18, 4, 2, 1. Unlike with my bona fide race predictions, my goal for next season is to get just one of these top five predictions right, because it's not going well right now. Yep, that's me. Important announcement. Formula One may have just entered its off-season, but Formula Bone has no off-season, baby. Subscribe now if you aren't already subscribed, because I have a ton of awesome F1 off-season content planned so that you can get your Formula One fixed between now and when F1 returns at the end of February. This includes bringing you F1 off-season news videos so you can stay totally up to date on the latest F1 happenings. It includes live stream sim racing content as I try to be the very best sim racer like no one ever was. It includes content crossovers with some of your favorite F1 content creators. It includes more Formula One history videos and more. So just remember, have no F1 off-season fear. J-Bone's here, J-Bone! If you wanna help me out with my first off-season video, which will be giving my top 10 moments of the 2023 F1 season, leave a comment on this video with some of your favorite moments from the 2023 F1 season, and they might make my list. Go comment right now. Seriously, right now. Do it. Special shout out to my top Patreon supporters and YouTube channel members at Rated Bookie, Glow, and Green Ghost. Also, go celebrate another F1 season in the books by hitting up the Formula Bone shop via the link in the description. Look at these designs. They're amazing, okay? They're great. All my merch ships globally and is available in a ton of sizes and colors. So go check out the Formula Bone merch shop at the link in the description and pinned comment now and get you some. Until next time, folks. J-Bomb!
Jay Bond.